Booker Tov. Um, today's daf is Chafet. Uh, we'll be learning, uh, the will be, should be reading Nishmat Yosef and Moshe, whose yard site it is today. Um, and we pick up with the very top of Chafet Amar Aleph, um, with the Mishnah. So let's get started. So we're still dealing with the, what? My father. My father. Sorry. So, um, top of Chafet Amar Aleph. Sukkah meduvleles. If a sukkah is meduvlal, okay, which will be a debate what that means, um, but uh, something about the schach not being complete or not being flat. And if, or if, we'll see how to read that as an and or as an or. Um, if, um, well, anyway, um, or um, the uh, the shade is greater than the sunlight, kshera, it's kosher. Now, obviously, if the shade is greater than the sunlight, it's kosher. We've been taught that before. We'll see in the Gemara what it does with that. Let's say it's at the opposite extreme. The schach is as thick as the roof of a house. So this is something we've been talking about for a long time. At what time, at what stage does it no longer be considered schach and is it, be, is it considered a house? So the Mishnah here says, even if it's as thick as, a ha- as the roof of a house, even if you can't see the stars, so it's quite fascinating. Already in the Mishnah, it assumed that there was this understanding that you had to be able to see the stars. More likely that understanding was learned from the Mishnah, because the Mishnah gave that as an example. But um, the Mishnah acknowledges that it, even if it's thicker than that, it still is kosher, kosher. As we mentioned from the beginning of the Masechet, you know, at what point does it become so permanent that it is considered a roof and not, you know, a house and not a sukkah? <coughs> And Tosa says if it's so thick that the rain can't get through with it, through it. The uh, Gemara doesn't say that. This Gemara does not give an upper limit. This Mishnah. So let's see the Gemara on the first part of what this Meduvlal is. So the Gemara says like this. My um, Meduvlalet. Um, what is this Meduvlalet? What does this mean? Um, so my Meduvlalet. So Amarav, Sukkah Aniyah. It's a poor Sukkah, which basically means from the word, maybe from the word Dal, I don't know what the word Duvlelet, but maybe from the word Dal, but maybe, um, but basically uh, seems to say that the, um, that it's a very thin Sukkah. Okay, and as we're going to see, basically he reads it together with the second part of the, um, you know, with the second part of the, uh, uh, of the Mishnah. So, uh, if it is very thin, as long as it has more shade than sunlight, it is still kasher. Um, the Shmuel Amar, and Shmuel says, Kana Ola Kana Yoreh. Shmuel has a more interesting scenario. Now it's actually also clear how that word is miduvlal. But it means, you know, before we talked about interspersing the kosher schach with the pasal schach. Here, it's all kosher, but it's like, what, there are two separate plays. You know, you have a layer of, let's say, bamboo sticks here, and another layer here, that the, uh, the top layer is directly opposite, not directly on top of, you know, it's not parallel with the bamboo below it, it's parallel to the air below it. So if you would bring the two layers together, you'd have a totally flat roof. Okay? Now, Shmuel is going to be a more interesting case, because if you have your schach arranged like that, the sunlight will get through. There will be a lot of sunlight in the sukkah. So although you have schach across the entire plane of the sukkah, because it's divided into two layers, right, there could be a, a lot of sunlight can get through. Is that sort of clear, the scenario? Okay. So, Rav Tanichada, Rav teaches the Mishnah all as one case. Vishmuel um, Tanitarki, and Shmuel teaches the Mishnah as two cases. Rav Tanichada, Rav teaches it as one case. Sukkah meduvlelis. If you have a sukkah that's meduvlal, my meduvlelis, meduldelis, dal. Okay, so somehow the vet becomes, uh, somehow, the, I don't know, the vet drops. Anyway, if you have a, if you have a thin, poor sukkah, 
as long as as long as it's more shade than sunlight is kosher which is not such a chiddush we've known that all along maybe the real chiddush of the mission is the end where it says that even if it's very sick it's still kosher that's uh, that's uh, Rav's case Shmuel Tani Tarki Shmuel has it as two cases my miduvueles midbul deles midvubal it's all mixed up okay it's two separate layers um the Tartik Tani and there are two separate cases Sukkah Mivubelet if it's a mixed up Sukkah two layers Kshira that's Kasher but she's Kshira and also if it's more shade than sunlight it's Kasher again that's, there's not much of a Kiddush in the second part but fine it's not a qualifier of the first part alright now what's interesting about Shmuel of course is as I've said that the Sukkah does not have to act, in actuality provide more shade than sunlight it's really, the, even if you have these two layers, it's still kosher. And this is something we've seen before. Um, in one way, it goes back to the very first beginning of the Gemara where it talks about what if the sukkah isn't providing shade at all, what if the mountains around it are providing shade, but there at least it has the capacity to provide shade. But even if you, for example, we dealt with cases where, you know, um, um, let's say you only have, you know, where you had it, um, uh, well, that would be a similar case, where you had alternating kosher and puzzle schach. So, you know, it, it, the question is is that does it in actuality in fact have to be giving shade to the area below it um, or does it have to be you know of the quality that it's considered shade, a shade giving schach so here what the Gemara seems to be saying is that since we can thank you look at it as if in a virtual way these, bo- these are two layers but they constitute the roof and as looking at it as the roof, the roof is covered with enough schach, and that schach provides, you know, it's shade-giving schach, and it covers the majority of the roof, that somehow counts as schach, even though it doesn't, in actuality, provide more shade to the area below it than, it, you know, than sunlight that it blocks out. It seems it's much more becomes a quality of the schach and not the actuality of it providing shade. Okay, so that is a really quite a big critic. How do you determine the quality? Simply visually by seeing Amen. Simply seeing that it's there, because up until now I thought that was precisely the criterion. That it provides shade. It has to be Tzivat Tamei Rubamei But the question is, is that let's say you sort of say, you know, this is the question in a way we'll get to at the end of the Mishnah. Let's say the majority of the roof is covered, but but just because you have the majority of the roof covered doesn't mean it shades out most of the sunlight, right? So, you know... Um, just how it looks. Visually. Right. So that's the question. The question is that maybe it's sort of saying that it's, is it possible that, you know, may, you know, maybe the question is that... I'm trying to think of another way of describing this other than the quality of the stock. But it means that... I mean, another way of saying it would just be if you use our sort of, our, what I call like our, our magic principles, you know, you use our virtual ideas, you sort of say that since we vir- can look at it virtually as if it's all combined, and in that virtual reality, it would provide shade, so that qualifies it as kosher schach, even though in the sort of real world reality, it is not giving off sufficient shade. Again, it's somewhat like the Gemara we had at the very beginning, um, although there it wasn't given the opportunity to have shade. The sukkah was so high that, you know, that, um, you know, that uh, the walls were providing shade. But actually, that is a good example because the Gemara could have a case that could be very, very high, right, and you could have, let's say, transparent walls, 
and actually more sunlight gets into the sukkah than shade because the schach is just so high that at the angle, you know, the sunlight is getting in. So it's not actually providing shade in reality. But since the schach is such that it's covering the entire roof and it sort of has the potential, you know, to provide shade. Let's say when the sun is directly overhead, right. for well, example. the factors were different. Right. Yeah. So somehow it's something more about how we look at the schach and the fact that we have to actually say right now the schach is giving shade. Um, so that's part of this Kiddush as well. Okay. Amar um, Bayi. Now, Abai is going to limit. How long can, at what stage can we combine the two layers and look at it all as one? So Abai says there has to be less than three Tvachim, our friend three Tvachim. If there's three Tvachim or more between the two layers, because then you can't look at it as one Tvachim. You can't say love it. Now, I will remind you, it is interesting, right? Remember before the idea of Sukkah Tachas we had one opinion that once they were separated by a Tefach, they were considered different roofs and it created a problem. Okay, but there each one was a legitimate roof. Here each one is not yet a good roof because each one is only, you know, every other stick. So it is interesting, you know, you don't say, oh, once it's a tefach, it's a different roof, you can't combine it. No, we allow ourselves to still use the three tefachim and to see that it is a, it's as if it is all combined. Amar um, Rava, so that's one thing. So that's a reasonable limit, limited to three tefachim. Amar Rava, says Rava, um, now Rava's going to be making it the opposite way. Even if there is three tefachim between them, Nami lo amrin, when do we also say that it's, meaning lo amrin, that it's a problem, when do we say Abaye's point, that you can't combine them when there's three tfachim, elish ein begago tefach, if in the upper layer, as we'll see he means, there is not the, uh, the sticks on the upper layer are not a tefach wide each. Abaye's begago tefach, because each stick on the upper layer is a tefach wide, pshera, that's kosher, why? To amrina, we say, and here's another magic principle, chavot rami, throw it down. Okay, so <laughs> Rashi says Chavot Rami is sort of like Good Achis Mechitza. You'll remember our friend Good Achis Mechitza, right? Good Achis Mechitza was you have a suspended wall, and Good Achis means you look at it as extending down. Although you remember that was debated because it was more than three Tvachim off the ground, and like the goats can run underneath it, can you really sort of extend it down? You could also say Good Achis, but just throw it up. But Good Achis is that you extend a vertical wall down. Okay, Chavot Rami is, you've got your beam here, okay, and what you're doing is, right, and here are your other beams in the sukkah, like, you know, and this is sort of on a higher level. Actually, that's, that's a little confusing. The Gudasik, again, can go either way, up or down. Uh, well, Achit means go up. Achit means go up. Achit means go down. Right. Okay, so good Achit goes down. Okay, so here you've got your beams at a higher level, right? So, you know, so this is one level. Uh, and that's like that's at a higher plane. I'm not sure I'm drawing this well. I'm telling you, they did not teach you this in, in Shiva how to uh, do, do good uh, drawing yeah, in Shiva. Yeah, the architecture in Shiva. Right, exactly. Anyway, these are at a higher plane. So the good Achis is basically saying, you know, basically like look at the just throw the beam down. So instead of Rashi says it's somewhat similar to the idea of. Uh, what do you call it? A good archive. A good archive. But instead of taking a wall, this is a really bad picture. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, like it's, it's, like it's like P. Tikra. It's like P. Tikra. It's like P. Tikra. It's like It's more like P. Yeah, Tikra. And yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, okay, that's a good. Right. It's more like P. Tikra. I mean, it's basically just like this, right? One is possible. 
it is more it is more like P. Tikra and it is interesting that Rashi doesn't <laughs> compare it to that because right well P. Tikra is also about a wall P. Tikra takes the edge here right and looks at that as just the edge is going down and all you have is the vertical plane here what you actually have to do and the same is good with like good you take a vertical plane and you extend the vertical plane here it's not enough to extend the vertical plane you have to take this whole thing and do lower the whole thing but the idea is that if this thing is a tefach wide, so it itself is like some type of an ohel, you know, doing some type of a thing significant, then you can view the entire thing as not just the edge of it, but like the entire thing as going down and therefore filling up the gap. So it is yet another interesting principle that allows you to virtually see this as flattened. Okay? But again, what is surprising here is it was one thing to say it by a... Um, it was one thing to say it by a wall, where a wall, you can imagine, you know, can be like a, it can be like an imaginary boundary. A wall basically defines the boundaries of a place. So if you imagine it going down, right, you imagine it defining like, you know, the edges and the boundaries. Here, again, by schach, if it was just an idea of you need a vertical boundary, you need something, you know, okay, so you need a vertical boundary. You can imagine these things flattening out and being a vertical boundary. But normally by schach, what you need is it's to provide shade. So imagining it creating a vertical boundary doesn't give it the quality, uh, I mean, the horizontal boundary, I should say, doesn't give it the quality of providing shade. That, again, is showing you that it doesn't, in actuality, have to provide shade. It has to be somehow things that virtually, if we look at it as a roof and we imagine it was all a flat roof, and, you know, would it be able to give shade under the right circumstances? And the answer would be yes. But in practice, it doesn't have to. But somehow, this is a similar idea of seeing things as level and, and combining them. So first we said three tfachim, now we're saying even higher than three tfachim, if it's a tefach wide, you can lower it down. Yes. Yes, so that's exactly what we're saying here. That was a bias statement. That right. was three the more common example of lovud on a vertical plane would be that the wall of your sukkah doesn't reach the schach. Mm-hmm. Um, now, actually, that's not a good example because then you would say gurasik. Right. Um, and here, I guess, it would be a horizontal plane and your schach was too fucking removed. So you would say, oh, when you say when the wall of your sukkah doesn't reach the floor, then it's within three tzvachim, it's like it's combined. So you do say it in a vertical plane, but again, this is not just creating a vertical boundary. This is lowering something vertical to create a horizontal... Right, and the Chiddush is that Vayifer says within three, and then Rebbe says even higher than three, if it's a tefach wide, you can imagine it as flattening out. Yes. For example, the vertical plane in Meister, there are these three straps that go around. Right, exactly, exactly. So combining it like that, yeah. It's not that different, because um, if the function of a wall is to divide one space another, keep right. But isn't the uh, wasn't the um, criteria for like a goat to go underneath yes. something for good eyes? Right. So in other words, um, you mean you mean it's also not it's also not it doesn't doesn't do the function of a uh, wall. Right, but that's why, that, that was, that's why it was debated whether you can do Gerachis going down, right? And the our psaki is it's going down, you can't. You need it to be within three tzvachim, right? So that's exactly it. Like, at what point does it need a certain functionality that these virtual ideas aren't substituting for? Okay? This idea of it going down flat onto the surface of the tzvach is called Chabud Rami? Yeah. 
Throw it down. Throw it down. Yep. Now, where are we going to get this idea from? This is a new idea, right? We've had a, we've had Gorochis, we've had Gorochis, we've had Lovud, we had Dofan Kuma, where we had Chavos Rami. So, Chavot Rami. So, we'll take a look right now, okay? We're going to get exactly introduce that. Um, um, okay. I'm a Rava. Now, by the <coughs> maybe didn't hold to this. This is Rava, the one who's saying this. I'm a Rava. Mina, mina, wa. Where do I get this idea from? Right? Good, I was wondering the same thing. The Chiyis, they tell Chamin Chavot Rami, that when there's a table, you can say, throw it down. Where do I get it from? Um, um, so both where do I get it from that A you can say it all together and B that um, you can only say it when there's a tefach so where do I get this idea from um, not we taught in the Mishnah guess where we're going to look at it, learn it out from Oalos it's like this is the Masechet is the one that gives an opportunity to look at Kalim when we're talking about Makabal Tuma and Oalos where we try to look at the principles of you know of the roofs of a sukkah so Koros Habayis Valiyah Sheina Lehem Ma'aziva you have beams of your of the of the house and of the second story, um, and there's no plaster. Now Rashi says it's really not about there being plaster, but what it really means to say is that there are none of the you know you, these are the cross beams. There are none of the slats that are going to go in the opposite direction. So you just have the cross beams. Um, and they are in parallel to one another. Not our case of alternating. They're parallel. So, now, you have to be careful. This is not so obvious how you read this mission because you have to put the semicolon. But basically, okay, here's your, here's your lower level, and here's your upper level, okay? And now, these are exactly, exactly sort of, uh, pa- uh, oh, that's okay, exactly parallel, okay? So, if you have Tuma under one of the beams here, what happens? The Tuma hits the beam, okay, and it stops because we're assuming that these beams are a tefak wide, okay? So that way the tumor is going to hit a beam and stop. Got it? So it doesn't go into the rest of the house. Similarly, if the tumor is on top of this beam, okay, it hits this beam over here. Again, it's sort of going exact, they're exactly parallel, and it stops. Okay, so if the tumor is under one of them, underneath the beam is Tameh, the rest of the bayit is Tahor. Okay, so that's the first case. The first case is is under one of them. Under that beam is Tameh, the rest of the vice is Tahor. It doesn't get transferred. It doesn't, get, it it doesn't, doesn't get go to the next beam because there's a gap between the beams. It's not a consequence of the roof. Okay? So, um, Right, only under that beam. If the tuma is between the top bottom beam and the top beam, and they're directly parallel, um, so then between them is Tameh, but over this beam is Tahor, because this beam blocks it. And lower is Tahor, because this also is like, you know, it's, it's a tafach, its own space, it's like it's a floor. The tumor doesn't go down. The tumor does not traverse the space. Right, because it can't travel this right. way because there's a gap, the and it's stopped when it goes up. Okay, so, um, okay, al gabei al yonah, if it's on the top of the top one, k'negdad v'rakiyah tamei, there's nothing blocking it, so anything above the top beam up to heaven is tamei, but underneath it is totally tahor, cause it, and, it does, and to the sides is tahor. Okay, um, now, hayu al yonah k'bein atashtonah. Okay, so that was not our case. That was when they were parallel. Now let's imagine, again, I'm not exactly sure how to make it obviously different, but let's imagine that they are alternating. 
okay? So this is actually, right, this beam is, the higher level beam is between, you know, between, are, are the higher level beams are between the lower level beams. They're one level higher. <coughs> okay, so, how you know, if Tuma's underneath them, any one of the beams, Tachas Kulan Tameh. Underneath all of them is Tameh, right? Now, why is that? Because the Tuma goes up, so why doesn't it stop there? It doesn't stop there because since they're alternating, you view these as if they've all lowered down and created a consistent roof. And if they've created a consistent roof, the Tuma is going to spread. That's okay? Now, the interesting question, which is not making it clear, is would the space on the second level also be Tameh, right? Since you're flattening the roof, do you sort of vir- virtually also raise the roof, right? And how about, it sounds like underneath all the beams is Tameh, whether the lower or the higher. You can both raise or lower the roof, Okay. So that's this idea of Chavot Rami. Rava didn't make it up. At least it's an idea by Tumantara. Um, uh, well, we, it means throw it up. Throw it up or throw it down. Right, that's not clear. Um, actually, throwing it up would have made more sense because that would have gotten everything in one, you know, just throw it up and then everything underneath is Tameh, right. Um, okay, Kineged Kulan Tameh. Al Gabehen, Kinegdan Adlakia Tameh. Okay, and if it's on top of one of the beams, then everything above it is tameh, but obviously it doesn't go to the sides because if it's by one, nothing is stopping it from going up and nothing, nothing blocks it and brings it, brings it horizontally. Okay, so that's the idea of Chavot Rami. That's principle number one. Now, where do you see this is limited to the case of a tefach? The Tani Allah, we taught on it, when does this work? When the beams are tefach wide and they are and the space between them is a tefach wide. If the space between them is not a tefach wide, so if the tumma is underneath them, then underneath that beam is tamei. Above it is tahor. So if these are not a tefach, now if this if nothing was a tefach. Then, then if there's no roof, if nothing wasn't tefach, then it would all go straight up, right? Then there's no roof at all. But if the bottom one is a tefach and the top is not, so then what happens? The bottom is a roof, it spreads underneath the bottom, but if the top isn't a tefach, if the space between them isn't a tefach and the top isn't a tefach, you don't throw it down so it doesn't get communicated to the sides. And that's what it says. Bisman she'ein b'nei and poter tefach if there's a, not a space of a tefach, the, the bottom one is a tefach. Oh, but really, the space has to be at least a tefach? The space has to be elite, at least. If this is point nine, right, and this is one, if it's not at least a tefach, then, but the first, the lower beams are, then, um, because this is a tefach, it's a roof, it stops it and it spreads it under the beam. Um, where but it doesn't spread this way and it doesn't spread that way because if this is less than the tefak you do not lower it down and flatten the roof or you don't raise that up and flatten it it only works about bringing the two together when each one is both a tefak and the space is a tefak now of course you could have said all these principles are just by Oalos and Tumatara. Tefach is the significant size of a roof. So, you know, maybe by Sukkah we would have said it less than a Tefach. Or say the opposite. Say this whole idea is only by Tumatara and by Sukkah we don't say it at all. But Rav assumes you can directly map these issues of Tumatara to the issues of Sukkah. Yes? The fact that the two lower ones are less than the Tefach apart. 
uh, right, why don't we say like lovud? Yeah. Right, yeah. so that's yeah, that's a good point as well that we don't really say lovud in the same way. I mean, not only even if they are tefach apart, right? Why don't we say lovud? Right, we don't, we don't, so we don't say lovud by by you know by olos, which is actually a. I mean, if you remember, the actually before had that whole example about that, um, you know, about the hole in the middle of the roof and it goes through by the tumah. There was an opinion that we don't say lovud by roofs by sukkah and the one might say no that's basically an oolos point remember the case where you had a little hole and was trying to prove so, so Dove makes an excellent point I mean clearly we're not applying straight oolos ideas to sukkah you don't say love it here you'd say love it by sukkah so it is very it's an excellent point but it's very strange that Rava just feels that you can go ahead and directly apply this new idea of Chalot Rami especially as I said that added to that the idea that in practice the Schach is not functionally providing sufficient shade you know, yeah. the other conceptual piece that's being uh, suspended here is that OL is not bias I understand that this concept right. of roofing but you have a whole concept of bias Keva, it's a rock. Right. And OL is functionally a in a rock. It's another it's not a house. Right, but that could be but that could be satisfied by the walls. Meaning, how do you... Cons- I think what... Look, let's take out a minute and point that out, you know. I think what we've been seeing all along is that the Gemara does what it often does, which is it has a particular concept. It wants to fit it in to n- known categories. So discussions of the walls can become a discussion of mechitzot in all other areas. But a normal point of a mechitza is to demarcate a space. It's not necessarily to create a sense of a house. Maybe the walls of a house are different than a border. A border could be different than a wall of a house. But nevertheless, a lot of the analysis of that is if you know you use a, a traditional category of mechitza. Similarly, the issue of a roof. A roof of a house could have its own criteria. And in some ways it does. It has to provide shade. That's not an idea that you have by Oelos. But in other ways, we could say, let's you see that part of those qualities are similar to another area where we speak about roofs. Oel by Tuma. So, in a way, like, is a sukkah a combination of traditional mechitza plus a traditional ohel plus the fact that it gives shade? Or is it conceptually something that's qualitatively very different? So, I, you know, you make an excellent point that the Gemara is trying in order to sort of, you know, you, we have these well-developed categories elsewhere and let's sort of see it through those lens or see that that is a part of its definition. But I do think that that's some of the interesting discussions is to see when does it diverge and when does it, you know, and when is it just an, an application of that. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Um, Alma, you see, ki is patevach amin and chavot rami. When there's a tefach, you say, throw it down. Bechileis patevach lo amin and chavot rami. And when there's not a tefach, you don't say throw it down. And the Gemara says, shmat mina, good point. Okay, so now we see where Rubba gets it, and you see why he limits it to a tefach. Yosef Ravkana, the Kamar Lohai Shmaisa. Ravkana was sitting and telling over this the discussion about Abaye and Rubba and the ways of combining the two levels of schach. Um, so he wants to go even, push it even further. You're telling me when there's not a tefach, you can't throw it down and combine the roofs? That time, we taught in Brisa. So you might remember this. This is when we were dealing with the issue about lovud ba'emsa. Exactly this, about lovud and roofs. 
So you have a korah, a beam, right, which is what you need on the third, on the fourth wall of your mabwe to let you carry. You have a mabwe surrounded by three walls. In order to carry, you need something in your fourth wall, either a post or a beam. You have a beam, right, and the beam is, it has to go from one wall to the other, but it's separated from the other wall by three trachim. Then it's not combined. Within three trachim, it's okay. Similarly, if you have two beams meeting in the air, if they're within three trachim, it's like it's one beam. More than three trachim or more, it's no good. So that actually is something we've seen. That's not yet relevant for us. It doesn't reach the other wall. Two, two beams. One coming out of each wall. And they don't touch one another. You don't have to bring another beam. You know, that, that counts as a beam. Because it's considered combined, connected to the wall, connected to each other. Shlosha, this is, well, Ervin, exactly. Um, carrying issues. Shlosha, three, you have to bring another beam. Okay, so we've seen this before. Reb Shimon Gamliel Omer, Reb Shimon Gamliel says, Pachos may, hold on, may arba'a, ain't tarach l'avikorachares. Arba'a tarach l'avikorachares. Reb Shimon Gamliel holds that the principle of lovehood is four tfachim, not three tfachim. So he basically, same, same idea, he just says not three, four. So much for Rambam's assertion that there was never a debate by Allah Lamosha right? <laughs> Maybe you'll have to say that this isn't one of the Allah Lamosha Misinites. All right, anyway, so this is the issue of, this is the issue of Lovud. This is the issue of Lovud. Now, the Chain, now that's not yet relevant for us. Here it becomes relevant. Shtei Korot Hamat Imot. You basically, how thick does the beam have to be? The beam has to be a tefach because the idea is it has to be able to support a brick. Because you envision it like it's the beam of a structure and it's the beam on which you're going to lay a stick. So the brick is three tefachim long, three tefachim long, and a tefach and a half wide. That's like a classic brick that Chazal imagined. So if the beam is a tefach, well, here, we need another tomorrow. Actually, here, this will be perfect. Okay? So you have a beam that is a tefach. Here, it can support a brick uh, that's a tefach and a half wide with it because it's a little overhang. Now, let's say the beam isn't a tefach, but you have two parallel beams that are each one less than a tefach. Can this, uh, can this work or not? So, lo each one by itself cannot support a, a brick. The lo bezukadeh If you can put a brick on it widthwise, then, then you do not have to bring another beam. The imlav starts by the karakas, and if not, you do. Meaning, so <laughs> you got that? Okay. Well, what was the matter with my sitter? All right. Anyway, you need another hand. Oh, okay. <laughs> thank you. I got. It. Okay. Anyway, so if you can do it like this, thank you. Okay. If you can do it like that, right? Then you, then you're fine. As long as the brick can be supported, even the way they are parallel, you are fine. Um, he lets the beams be even more separate. He says if the beams are far away and you can put a brick that way, you're also okay. All right. So even though each beam by itself can't do it, if combined they can do the job, it works as a code. All right. Let's keep on going. Hayu um, Achas so far not relevant to us. Now it gets relevant. Hayu achas lamala v'achas lamata. Let's say they're not just parallel, but they're parallel and at different planes. It's like this. You can't exactly lay a brick between them, right? Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? 
So Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yudomer, Rona Leona, Kilu Hilamata, Veza Taktona, Kilu Hilamata. There you show you go both ways, right? You can either lower the top one or raise the bottom one. When can't you do it? You can't do it if the top one is higher than 20 amud because the same parameters by sukkah are parameters by the beam of a marble. It can't be higher than 20, can't be lower than 10. So as long as the beams are in the kosher zone between 10 tfachim and 20 amot, then you can bring them to the same level. But if one of the beams is in the invalid zone, off sides, it's disqualified and you can't use it. in the kosher zone... When you start, or if they end when up you start, in, no, no. Well, does matter. Well, no. When you start, meaning if you start, and this is at 19 amot, and this is at 11 tfachim, right? Then you can bring them together. You either bring this one up, or you bring that one down, or who knows? They meet in the middle. But if when you're starting, this is at 20 amot, this is disqualified, okay? Or if this is at, ni- at ni- you know at nine, it's dis- tfachim, it's disqualified. You can't say, oh, let's lower it down out of the disqualified zone. No, it's, no. it gets it gets kicked out of the game. But if they're both within the kosher zone, then at different heights, he says you can bring them together. So you see, they're not a tefah, and they're not a tefah wide. Because the whole reason you need them together is because they're not a, it's not a tefah. A beam, once it's a tefah, is kosher. So it's they're not a tefah wide. That's exactly the problem. And you are bringing them together. So yeah. This, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be Rami, right? Yeah. That's what he's saying. I know it doesn't say that that phrase. Rabbach is the one that said that phrase. But it's the same idea that we see by Olos. You see that you're bringing things together at different vertical planes. And even though they're not a tefach, if they were tefach, you wouldn't need to do it. And they can be how far apart from each other? Well, according to this, close to uh, like 18 amot. One could be at 19. Not vertically. In other words... uh, Oh, no. That is within either... You you don't have to be able to put a brick on it, either widthwise or lengthwise. Yeah, whatever. Well, not three or four. How, you know, within a tefach to put a brick widthwise, or within three uh, tefachim to put a brick lengthwise. That was the other. That was the other debate. Okay, so, um, so the Gemara says, esrim. If they're both within twenty, even if they're extremely distant from one another, I mean, you see, you would combine them, even though they're less than a tefach. tefach, even though they have to be less than a tefach, we wouldn't have a problem to begin with. I'm a lay. So he said back to him, Tarat No, you can explain it and read it the following way. It seems to be a good proof, but there's a way out of it. So the top one has to be within 20. But in that case, if the top one is like at 19.9, it's not that the bottom one is way at the bottom. He says, um, that what's combining it is lovely, is not Chabot Rami. When Rabbi Yossi says you can combine it, Rabbi Yossi is assuming that we're, they're within three tefachim of one another vertically. So when he says the top has to be lower than 20 or the bottom one higher than 10, he doesn't mean at the same time that one is up here and one is down here. He means you're going to combine them with lovely. Okay, you need it to be within three. Now, when they're within three, the bottom one can't be lower than 10. Or when they're three, the top one can't be higher than 20. But they're coming together within three tfachim, and the principle that's operative is lovud, not chavot rami. Okay? to begin with in terms of location. You can't lower it in order to make it kosher. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And the problem is, is that, you know, what's, what's called ikar chashmina sefer. If the principle is lovud, then why don't Yossi start by saying, if they're high, different planes, if they're within three, it's okay. You know, that, let, let's just read it. It's not the different planes. Same plane. That's the thing. I think it, that's the point. It is. It's a different. It's a different horizontal plane. Yeah, but it's the same vertical plane. The 
edges are on the same vertical No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they're starting off at different vertical planes because no, they're separated right, like they're, this. If you put it down, you're going to get... Gonna no, they might still be right? separate. Uh, anyway, this way. I no, no, no. There could still be a gap between them. That's the scenario we're dealing with. First, it starts with a gap between them and them. Okay, so that gap. Yeah. I'm All right, I'm not going to scribble the words here. So the Gemara says like this. Yes, but we're talking about the first principle that we're, we're assuming is not that you throw it down and there's this, this, this idea of throwing it down. No. What allows you to combine them is that they're only le- less than three tachim removed from one another, you know, height-wise. The bottom one can't be lower than ten tachim. Fine. They both have to be in a kosher zone. But once it's in a kosher zone, what lets you combine them? That it's within three tvachim. So what you're combining here, the Korah, is not this Chavot Rami idea. Rather saying that's, you know, we've got to be consistent about these principles. And in Olos, you see the principle is a tefach. So what allows you to combine these uh, poles and to bring them to the same level is that they're within three tvachim. But I'm going to assert what I said before. Once it's more than three tfachim, then you cannot do this chavot rami unless it's a tefach Y. So now we get again. Okay, so that was a pretty, you know, sounded like a forced read, and that it did sound like Reb Yossi was willing to be more imaginative. But again, you know, the I, the assumption here is that we're assuming the same principle across the plane. Like Korah is only rabbinic. Korah is only for the purposes of a hekar. So you could just imagine that Rabbi Yossi is being very lenient, you know. Yeah, theoretically, you know, it's all a Korah. That doesn't mean he's going to say the same thing by an Oel and by Sukkah, you know. And by an Oel, maybe it works because there's an idea of a pure idea of just a roof, of just like a cover. Whereas by Sukkah, where it's more of an idea of a functional roof, maybe it wouldn't be enough. So there's a way to distinguish all three categories. Right? But the Gemara somehow assumes that they're, or at least Rav assumes that they're all the same. If you have a principle by Ohel, you can apply it by Sukkah and you can imagine it flattening out. And if it works, and if you have a principle by the Korah of a Mubway, then in theory it should be the same principle in the other places. So the fact that it sounds like by the Korah it works less than a Tefach, we're going to have to reinterpret that to say that, that they're very close. So this assumption that the same principle across all categories, although you could have easily have argued why each category is different that Mabwe is very lenient Oelos is the pure sense of the cover and Sukkah is something much more functional yeah. no problem of, 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 of anyone assuming that you can take a con- take concepts from a Rabbanan con- um, context well that's exactly that was exactly why I'm pointing that out right. now if he was really in a corner now the Gemara has in the, in the past said that you know said, oh no Mabwe is different it's only Rabbanan and so on so if it was probably stuck in a corner it would have said that but here it feels it has this other answer that we're within three Okay, now. So, so, I'm sorry, so yeah. Robert at the end is saying that the Halakha of Moshe Misenai of Chavot Rami is dependent on Lavud. No, no. That that once it's a, no, you need Lavud when you don't have a Tefach. Then you need Lavud. So then it's. Unless you have the three Tefachim, he said you can't say it. No, he says, it says, given the lay space tefach, lo amin al-chavot rami. If it's less than a tefach, you can't say chavot rami and you need it to be within three. But if it has a tefach, even more than three, that's when you say, that's his whole chiddish, that's when you say the principle. Now we get this fascinating discussion on the Mishnah about more shade, which to us seems to be like old news. Let's take a look at what the Mishnah says. That's what the Gemara says. 
If the shade is more than the sunlight, it's kosher. That sounds like if there, it's the exact right. It says if it's more shade than sunlight, it's kosher. It sounds like if it's exactly fifty-fifty, it's possible. Didn't we teach in the other parak? So interesting when it sort of refers to its own structure, right? Didn't we teach in the other parak? The very first mission says if it's more sunlight than shade, psulat invalid. Hakiadadi, which means suggests that if it's exactly equal, shera. Right? So this is exactly the problem. Do you describe what makes it kosher? Do you describe what makes it puzzle? The difference is the case that's right in the middle. So one says you need more to make it kosher. Sounds like 50-50 is puzzle. The other says you need more to make it puzzle. Sounds like 50-50 is kosher. Which is it? So what we would all expect it to say is one of them is dafka, the other is lav dafka. Okay, but the Gemara actually has a more interesting answer. Let's see what the Gemara says. Lo kasha. Kan milmala, kan milmata. Are you measuring it above or are you measuring it below? Amaraf Papa, Hainadarmi Inchi, that's what people say, Kizuzamila, something that looks like a zuz above, ki istara milatachas looks like an istara below. Now, what does this mean? So first of all you have to decide, is an istara bigger than a zuz or smaller than a zuz? There's a debate of Rashi and Tosos. Rashi says that it's bigger than a zuz. Tosos says no, but another Gemara it sounds like it's a smaller coin. You know, of course, it sounds like it's wor- it's worth half as much. Of course, we know matter. dime and a nickel could be worth half as much and be bigger. But okay, Rashi says that it's bigger. And what Rashi says the Gemara means is is that if you have it e- if you have it even above, if the gaps are even, then there will be more sun below. The sunlight will disperse. Now again, I don't know what spreads. Does the sunlight spread or does the shadow spread? Right? Oh. Doesn't it depend where the angle is? Where, like, the if the sun is directly overhead, right? Then it probably is doesn't spread at all, right? It goes straight down. And if the sun's at an angle, are you going to get more sunlight as a result or more shadow as a result? You're going to get partial shadow. Partial, but partial not, but, but oh, but not heavy the shadow. The sun is not a point. Right. The, the sun, sun is a point. Not anymore. It's not, the, the sun has width. Right. So you're no. telling me, if you have equal here, right, what you'll do is you'll get basically, what, like you'll get bands of sunlight, right, the bands of sunlight will come through here, right, these will be the bands, and if the sun's at an angle, you'll get like a little shadow here. No, no, it is here. Not, it's not the angle. What you got is... <laughs> Please, come up to the board and show the class. You're saying even if it's directly overhead. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter if it's overhead. So you have the sun. Yeah. So the sun is not a point source. It's it got width. No, it is not a point source. <laughs> <laughs> this is, so this is, this is not, this is, this is the way shadows. So you have a, a thing here. And what you have is you have this and this. So in this region, you have a partial shade. And similarly here, uh, you've got the same thing here. Charlie. <laughs> If you go outside, right, and you stand with the sun directly above, mm-hmm. there won't be any shadow. And if you, and if you, okay, right? If the sun is directly above your head, is there shadows off right. my left and right side? No. Why not? Why isn't it? But but, but but the the shadows are fuzzy on the edges. Now, how fuzzy depends on how much scattering there is, which is basically how many clouds you have. Right. Once there's clouds, <laughs> then, then it's because... <laughs> then it's diffused. Okay, we've got to go But in any case, this is complete shadow. This is a fuzzy shadow, partial shadow. With a cloud, but... 
No, even without a cloud. Okay, can we, can we, can we not can we move on? You'll argue about it afterwards. All right. Thank you for the demonstration. The shadow will be quite... All right, all right. Sit down. Sit down. You're disrupting the class. Right. Right. Well, we'll talk about that too. Okay. So clearly, clearly it's starting ear and more about this uh, physical reality, which explains we just got a little live demonstration maybe from a Hocus Rashi Tosos. But anyway... What Rashi says is, you can tell me later if this is true or not, what Rashi says is the following, is that if it is equal dispersion, alternate, let's say, you know, or let's say, forget, even if it's crisscrossing, if there's an equal amount of air above, then it's exactly 50-50 above, then below, on the floor, there'll be more sunlight, that the sunlight will spread. That's what Rashi says, okay? As far as me, as a sort of lay person, to me it would seem it might depend on what the angle of the sun is. I don't know. You can argue it out. But Rashi says that's the idea. So when does it say that if it's even, it's kosher? If it's even on the floor? If it's even on the floor, it means that there's more shade above. But if it's even, it's puzzle, is when it's even above, because then there'll be more sunlight below. So according to Rashi, what you need for it to be kosher is, and it's interesting, you could explain it either way. Either one way you say it is you need there to be more shade above in order, right? That's one way of explaining what you need for it to be kosher. Or you could say no. What focuses on its functioning as chach is that it provides equal shade below. But in order for that to happen, there has to be, you know, more schach. So that's what Rashi says, that the problem is the sunlight diffuses, so therefore it actually has to be even below, which means it has to be more above. Now, Tosfos does not like that, because Tosfos says that the istera is a smaller coin. So what Tosfos says is, is that what we mean is not whether you're measuring the sunlight above or below. We're talking about where are you measuring the gaps. And so if you're standing on the floor and looking up, the gaps actually look smaller than they actually are relative to the filled space. It seems like one of those perfect optical illusions. Okay, I'm trepidatiously, I would ask, I don't want another debate to break out, but does anybody know if that's true? Like if you have white space and dark space and you look at it at a distance, does the white space look disproportionately well, smaller? I'm just standing there going like this. How big is it? It's just big. Then when you reach your hand up to the... I know, but big. but if it's proportional, then the schach also grows bigger. It's only a question of proportional measure, right? I guess it's true that if you just measured how it looked, then you knew what the area was. But if you were comparing proportionally the schach and the air, right? Anyway, Tosa says, like, if you're standing on the floor, the open air will look disproportionately smaller. Mm-hmm. And therefore... When it says that if it's even, it's puzzle, it means that you're measuring it from the floor because then you're not getting an accurate measure. But when it says it's even, it's kosher, when it implies that, it means you're measuring it from above and then you're getting an accurate measure. So it's quite interesting. It comes out as a bait of Rashi and Tosvos. According to Tosvos, you only need for it to be even above. According to for, uh, for Rashi, you need it to be more above so that it has provides, so it provides at least even shade below. So two very different reads of this Gemara. Okay, Tana Rabbanan, Muva Kameen Bayis. Because it's as thick as a house. It's kosher, as, even though you can't see the stars. Tana Rabbanan, Muva Kameen Bayis, Avapitin Kochavim Lir Mitochet Kshera. Now that's if you can't see like the stars of the night. Let's say you can't see the stars of the sun. What do you mean the stars of the sun? That means the glare of the sun. It is so thick that no sunlight gets through. 
Okay? If that's so thick that no sunlight gets through, um, so in that case, Beit Shammai Poslin and Beit Hill Machsuin. Beit Shammai says it's possible, that's like a house, but even there, Beit Hill says it's kosher. So again, no sunlight gets through, it's kosher. So what stops it from being a house? So again, as we've said before, Tosos underscores the idea that it is um, that at least rain can come through okay but those are the issues here about how thick is it that it can stop being that, that stops being a circle becomes a house and this question of 50-50 let's just start and read the next Mishnah if you make a sukkah on the top of a of a, uh, a wagon or on a boat, Shera, it's kosher. You can go in it because as long as, you know, the wag, the, the boat isn't, well, you know, on the sea, maybe even if it is on the sea. But anyway, point is, there's no problem climbing onto a wagon or climbing onto a boat on Yantif. Now, Barosha Ilan, let's say you make it on a, you have a treehouse sukkah. Oh, yeah. Agabi Gamal, or a camel sukkah. There's actually this cute book, which is a picture, a, a Mishnayas pictures of you know, Mishnah's yeah. book on sukkah that has pictures, and you'll have all the pictures about the sukkah and the camel. There's actually a place called su- not Sukkah City, right? We have the, we have the Sukkah City down in like the uh, NYU area, yeah. but there's a, a sukkah village in Israel where they have built models of all of the strange sukkahs in the Gemara. They have a sukkah higher than 20 amos. They got a sukkah on a camel. <laughs> so anyway, also you could probably write a good Dr. Seuss book you know, about this, right? About like about what is it, the Sam I Am, yeah. right? Green Eggs. Out, would you eat it in a cabin? Would you eat it on it? Whatever. <laughs> so, it's Malkin Dunin. Okay. So if it's at the top of a tree, a tree house, or on a camel, Shera, it's kosher, the Yantiv. You can't go in it on Yantiv because you can't climb a tree and you're not allowed to be on an animal, use an animal on Yantiv. Now let's say two of the walls are supported on the tree, but one is literally you by human hands, but means like it's let's say lay on the ground. One wall comes up from the ground and two walls combine with it for at the tree level. Or two by human hands and one meaning one on two on the ground and one on the tree. It's kosher, but you can't go up to it because so you go it would be using the tree. If three of the walls are made by humans, and presumably also the floor is primarily off the tree, um, and one wall is supported by the tree, then you can even go up on it, assuming that your climb is with a ladder and doesn't involve you like leaning against and using the tree directly. So the only way you're using the tree is that the tree is somehow, you know, is, you know might be supporting the floor, providing a wall, but you're, but you have three other walls which are providing walls and also supporting the floor. So Zaklal, and this is the way to determine it, if you were to remove the tree, would this stand by itself? And if the answer is yes, then the tree is not supporting it. Okay? Then, then you can use it. But if you were to remove the tree, it would fall down. Then by using your sukkah, you're using your tree, and therefore you cannot use it on sukkah.